That is not of all the words to come out of your mouth. I did not expect that. On that note, hello everybody. Never be varsity. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at um, writing by Colby and also at pop at popcultureshub.com. I am David Rivero. <laughs> I apologize for the disturbance. It's your boy Maverick. Oh, you, you did it. It didn't come across. I started as we were laughing. That's when I started oh. recording. It's my fault. You can find me on social media at heartbreak double underscore kid. I don't even know what happened. I zoned out and you all started laughing. But, anyways. I'm Aaron, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. That's on brand. And, and what is that supposed to mean, David? <laughs> only two of us have beer right now, so. I uh, I was telling Aaron before the podcast started. I've I'm a I'm a little more intoxicated on a Sunday than I intended intended to be. So this will be a fun podcast. I feel I like. see the rosy cheeks. Uh, yeah, I mean they're already rosy usually, but they're more rosy when I've had some some beverages. I'm so caught up on me zoning out being on brand. What's that supposed to mean? You know what it means. Do you know I? exactly what it means. Do I know? <laughs> yes, you do. It's literally your entire character. <laughs> okay, that's my character. That's not my person. But no, your person's out when something happens, and then you react to it in character. <laughs> I'm about to go back into your Jahari window and put inattentive as one of your traits. <laughs> Is that one of the options? I don't think so. It's not. I'm just going to be a write-in. <laughs> Flighty. <laughs> Put that one in there. I hope you know that you're the first person that said I was happy, Colby. You're a very happy person. <laughs> I know, I agree. I just think it's funny. <laughs> you're the eight, you were the eighth, the seventh person to fill it out. There are eight people now, and you're the only one who says I'm happy. All right. Let's talk about this since we're here. So Jahari Window is just like this thing where you put like your five or six traits that you think define you and then you give it to your friends and they subtweet you in the nicest way possible. And they're like, oh, honey, no. (laughs) (laughs) I did mine with my internet friends a while back. Aaron just did his with his internet friends and Mav did his with, I guess, us today. We're his internet friends now. We're his internet friends now. That's what I'm sad. (laughs) uh but yeah i like um i don't know it's fun it's cool to see what what other people think you was anything surprising for you aaron with your jahari window um let me go through them uh someone said i'm complex which i mean i don't think that's wrong i just don't think that's in my top six traits um Otherwise, I feel like a lot of the things are on brand. Nobody has said that I'm extroverted, which I think is a little surprising. I mean, no one said I'm introverted, but nobody has described me as extroverted, and that's something that I would describe myself as. I mean, I get... I mean, the only time I see you is when we're hanging out, so I would assume that you're (laughs) extroverted. (laughs) I don't know. That's fair. I do think that's probably something that, uh, like, I don't think that on any of the ones that I've filled out, I don't think I've clicked introverted or extroverted because I do think that's something that really only you can describe yourself as. I think I said Mav was introverted. You're me. You did, which I would agree with. Um, I mean, for a long time, I mean, I've always thought I was. And then I think I had a moment, maybe my OL period. Where I was like, am I extroverted? And I was like, I think at my equilibrium, I'm introverted. But when I'm around the right people, when I feel comfortable, then I become extroverted. I mean, I, I'm, I'm an extroverted introvert. I feel like you are like me, where if it needs to happen, it can happen. But like the default state is um, sitting in a corner watching. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of groups that I've been with, I and it's with pun intended, and that's why I love it the most, is that I've always been described as like a heartbeat, like because I'm not, I'm not too, I'm, I'm kind of like in where it needs to be, and then mm-hmm. I can always kind of 
adapt with the situation. If it's time to ramp up, I can ramp up. If it's time to ramp down, I can ramp down. Yeah. David, I have no idea how I would describe you in terms of introvert or extrovert. Really, I have no clue. It's tough because, like, I'm I'm a homebody and I like keeping to myself and I like my alone time. But I also, like, when I am in that mood to socialize, like, I'm like I I'm like a butterfly for some like during spurts of time. Well, I mean, I don't think that enjoying your alone time means that you're not extroverted. Like, everyone needs their alone time. I think that. I'm like a very extroverted person and I am a very angry and moody person if I do not get my alone time. I feel like most people are ambiverts and it falls on like a spectrum. Like, but David, I feel like you are pretty close to the middle of introvert and extrovert. I can agree with that. Can you tell that we're avoiding a certain topic? (laughs) (laughs) You tell that emotions about. have already been at a high level, both positive and negative. Over the Don't past you love? Hours. I didn't realize that our talk with uh, what's his name Grimes was so intense on y'all. <laughs> That's a reference that no one will get for like probably the next several months. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I like how we went a hundred percent into self-reflection mode. Uh, to start this, to start this podcast, I think doing stuff like that's fun. I do too. I like and that it's fun a lot to think of people, what people think of you. A lot of people said I'm intelligent, which you know boosts my um boosts my ego a little bit. You gotta, yeah, that. <laughs> One person said dignified, which is an interesting way to describe me. Yeah, I don't really know like what like how that would manifest itself yeah it's like am i a duke of something like (laughs) are you a duke of something was i gifted land that i don't know about yeah i think definitely all the stuff with like how you view yourself and your your self kind of evaluation and then how you are perceived by others can be a very interesting thing i think there's that thing that came out on twitter like several weeks backwards like rate yourself of how intimidating you think you are and how and then have people comment how much they think you are let's do that that, because that's something i i i feel like mine it would change based on how well the person knows me because people when they first meet me or like before they meet me think that i'm intimidating because you know i'm a tall bald guy who if i have my game face on i'm pretty intense but like i am not intimidating at all at least i don't think i am Let's start in the top left of my screen, which is David. Aaron, on a scale of one to ten, how intimidating is David? Zero. <laughs> Math. I don't know. I mean, he definitely has like really strong like leadership qualities and things like that, and he definitely is kind of like knowing he knows what he likes and. Is just very confident, at least in my opinion. I would say it's like three, four. I don't have a resting, like, I don't have an intimidating, re- like, my resting face. I know nobody can see this except for the people I'm talking to, but my resting face is this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my resting face. It's not intimidating whatsoever. It's borderline, always like friendly and welcoming. <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, but I, I think it might be a four because. I mean, I think Colby's probably the close second. I'm definitely probably the most afraid of. David's roasts on me. Like of the three of you, if I had to pick someone to roast me, I would be the most afraid of whatever David had to say. I keep them stored in the. Cha- I keep them in the chamber. You really do. Like <laughs> it's. I could do thing, so much worse. <laughs> the thing is, because of that face, you don't know when it's coming. But when it comes, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it comes swift. The thing with David for me. Is I in like holiday band and one of like the KK say holiday bands? I've seen you like lead a group of people, like I or you were also a drum major, lol. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like I guess the holiday band is more of like a an intimate, closer to like a classroom setting. Yeah, and I was like, my my classroom demeanor is not to intimidate people. Like I enjoy creating a very comfortable environment. Um, which I think is helpful, you know? 
and especially because I work with middle schoolers. Like, if I come off as like super intimidating, like I'm gonna like <laughs> like kill you. <laughs> I feel like I'm not gonna get the best response. Some middle schoolers need that though. They they do, and they get it. <laughs> the ones that need it get it. <laughs> but yeah, David, how intimidating do you think I am? Colby, I don't think I've ever been intimidated of you in my life. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, I feel like it's harder for us to judge each other because I feel like I know y'all well enough that I would never be intimidated by any of you ever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely tough. Colby, uh, I'd say you're like a solid, like, a, like I think it, just like, I don't know. I feel like baritone players give off an aura to them. So maybe I'll give <laughs> based off of that that's like the pure goofiness yes it's just <laughs> it's different flavors of goofy but it's all goofy for it's sure all goofy. <laughs> aaron would you like to give a number on how intimidating i think you are yes i'd say probably like a two math i'd probably go three like david's the three or david's the four you're the three aaron's the two <laughs> Carla said six or seven. Carla. <laughs> <laughs> but she, the, I asked her and she said, the thing is, I have seen you mad and I know what Mad Colby looks like. I've seen Mad Colby. <laughs> Colby got a beer thrown at him. And I've, oh, seen, Mad, I've wow. seen Mad Colby. <laughs> I remember Mad Colby, yeah. So that's what she based it off of, which... I think it's fair. It's also like, do you base your intimidation off of what you see or like the worst case scenario? That's that's true. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can get, I feel like angry David is, is pretty angry. I don't think I, I don't know. I don't remember a time. Oh, I've been angry once in public that I remember. And it was during a football game, but I don't know if any of you all realize it because it was bad. <laughs> I mean, I definitely get animated like for sports, but I feel like anyone that knows me know that like five seconds later, it's literally gone. Like it's right. very, very momentary, like upsetness or madness. Like the, literally the next play, I'm fine. Like, I was frustrated. I remember the time that I got frustrated. It wasn't because of anything. It wasn't because of the performance of the sports team. It was because I didn't feel like I was getting – good information and I, it directly led to me having a not great like it reflected poorly onto me and I got frustrated like I think we were playing a team that ran a hurry up offense and I was relying on other people to relay when we should stop playing to me and it mm. not related to me and I got really frustrated because it was right at the end of the quarter and it was like I don't I y'all remember Leon right mm -hmm. yes like Leon, Leon had to do like the, he was my hold me back guy. He was the, he was the get back guy. Leon was the get back guy. It was bad. Leon's the realist. I appreciate Leon. He is the realist. Shout outs to Leon. <laughs> Aaron, I believe you are, I don't know. With, again, yes, you like you said, your game face can be intimidating if you don't know you. Yeah, that's the thing is, I think if you don't know me, I'm probably intimidating. But once you know me, you understand that I am a walking meme. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll like, forget, I, uh, like, the first day of band camp, I read your intro. That the trumpets, I don't know if the other sections did it. We had a whole email chain that all the trumpets would send, like, an introductory thing. I just remember Aaron just talking about, like, all sorts of stuff, in particular, like, his Cavs fandom. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, he's, he likes the Cavs. It can't be too intimidating. <laughs> 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 he's a Cleveland sports fan. He's maybe got some grit, but it can't be too I feel like I feel like I am a living, walking caricature of any trait that I have. <laughs> and I feel like that means that there's no way that I could be intimidating once you ever talk to me. I think that's fair, but... For the um the stranger reason, I'm going to say four. I think that's fair. David, how intimidating do you think Aaron is? I don't I don't it's tough being older and like seeing y'all come into the to like sigh and band and it's just like I don't remember 
I don't remember ever being like, hmm, I don't know if I could talk to this guy. <laughs> like, oh man. I think honestly, out of the four, out of the four of us, like, or of the three of you, it's probably Mav, honestly, just because of the the deep voice and the like, just the like the like you know, trumpet players always have the aura about them of like confidence and like, you know, uh, what's the term? Um, it's not ain't shitness, but it's like it's adjacent. It's like adjacent. <laughs> but anyway <laughs> I gave you two for one <laughs> um, Aaron what do you think of Mav Intimidation I think he's probably like A three or four I think because of the deep voice And like Nobody knows <laughs> The trouble When you first meet him He like Gives off the impression that he means business Sometimes I think that definitely gives leads to a, a perception of an, some level of intimidation. But yeah, like like all of y'all, I feel like he is not at all intimidating now that I oh. know him. <laughs> just get the dome and it just melts away. I also think that I probably see y'all as less intimidating and you see me as less intimidating because I feel like in the group, I am like the little cousin who you unplug the controller for and hand him. <laughs> I feel like that's where I fit into the group. I think that's a very valid statement too. <laughs> that's really funny. Um, Mav, for you, I mean, I've been friends with you the longest out of the three of you. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. We started in the quad chat. I was to say, like, we were friends. We were like... You hashtag UNC eighteen Twitter and then quad chat quad chat people. Um, I think I've told you this, but I was like on the verge. It was like between you and Adam of who I was going to ask to be roommates with. Mm-hmm. Um, my first year, but I figured Adam he would be able to get me up and get me where I'm supposed to be as a baritone better, which he was. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, I mean, I think we've talked about it on this podcast before. The first time everybody heard, in that quad chat, the first time everyone heard Mav's voice. It was like, whoa. Oh, I did I, not expect that to come out of that profile picture. <laughs> I, I definitely milked it. You, they had, you for they, sure did. They had the voice messages and everything. And so I would do it, and then everybody's like, oh, it's deep. And everything. I was like, I'm just, I'm just actually making it. Um, I don't like to admit, I can definitely change the inflection of my voice if I want to. I can be more casual like this, but then I can get like this too. Hey, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But I have also, we have had some fierce battles on the basketball court. (laughs) Yes, we have. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) We are the the unstoppable force meets the immovable object when it comes to basketball. Why did I say Carmichael? And, uh, and uh, Woolen. Woolen. Fred Woolen and, and uh, I played basketball in, in, in Rams. Uh, Rams is too much for me. That was uh, and, like, not ginger friendly out there. <laughs> you got you to gotta bring in wind speed velocity when, you, when you're doing your shot. I don't like it. Oh, no. In Rams inside by in signing Rams, all. Inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not like SRC, I like Rams. Inside. Oh, I like that. I know it was like that summer we were in Car- we were at Carolina together, and we would just have like those three point competitions. Yes. <laughs> so the year we were, uh, you were an OL, and I was a summer RA. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. We would go to Rams, and it was empty, and they have six hoops um, around the gym for those of you who've never been there before. And we stop on start on opposite quarters and see who can hit a three in each rim the fastest. And exhausting. let me tell you, when you're sprinting across the entire court, it tires you out really quick. All that's to say, I have seen Mav play basketball and get intense playing basketball. And I was not intimidated, but I can see how one would be intimidated by Mav on the basketball court. So I will give him my highest rating of five. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Lou saw my social media as a, as a member of Thick Boy Nation. 
I try to use my size to my advantage on the basketball court. Yes, you're a post up uh, uh, kind of guy. I would get fr- like so. I have a broken jump shot. I like I I don't have a reliable jump shot from from three. I remember I would play and I would bank on getting to the rim because I have I have decent I have decent like vertical. Like, I have a decent vertical. Um, and man, like I remember playing against people, and I remember I will never forget Bryce from the outer section. That man is like the energizer bunny, and I would get mm-hmm. frustrated because I think I would have someone boxed out and he would get every rebound. Like it would, it, it was so frustrating. <laughs> so that's on the price. I loved having him as a teammate. Oh, he was, yeah. but I could not get a, I could not box him out. So I would always guard like Turner or something. I remember my last time ever playing basketball at Carolina was in Willen playing 21. And it was like, I had, 19 and Bryce at 19 and we were going for I got the ball going for the last shot I dry I drove and stepped back I dropped him Bryce is like hands on the ground I had him and I missed a shot you missed the shot no and I missed a shot I think he went like a couple minutes and he ended up winning. And I was like, I could have walked out of Woolen on an ankle breaker. And it was the most disappointing thing. Fair. Man. I remember we uh I would play I played right behind Hojo once and uh at the one of the Rams outdoor courts. The SRC with those. Yeah, you're right. And um we we played I think his name was like Sasha or something. He ended up committing to Kentucky, but I guess he was on campus. Kalia Jones. Yeah, there you go. Yes. He was playing, and it was like me and a couple others and Michael Coe, and we just got ra- like railed. I remember you telling that story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't even think he finished at Kentucky. I don't think he did. He transferred to state, and then he just left the program, I think, if yeah. I remember right. It ended up not being great. But, but that's how I- good these people are. <laughs> right I will never be like like you know those people that say like oh the people all that sit on the bench on the NBA are trash yeah, you know I could beat them one on one like please shut up like no there's a clear talent gap like a bench player please. on an NBA person could could beat just anybody there, any player like us there, there's me wide talent gap or yeah wide talent gap and then people on college benches and then another giant talent gap, and the people on NBA benches. <laughs> like, yeah. no, it's not even close. Come on. So. It's like sometimes Bomani Jones talks about when he was at Carolina and going to Woolen, and one of the walk-ons coming into the gym. I don't think they do this anymore. At least I haven't seen it. I feel like a lot of basketball players play at the SRC now. They um, do. This is right outside their houses. Um, right, yeah. And one of the walk-ons would go to Woolen and just run, just run people for like three games and walk out without breaking the sweat. It's like yeah. these players—they're so much better than you think. They and you are. can you can just tell, like, oh yeah, they're the talent levels just there's definitely a gap there. Robbie hand would wipe any of y'all. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> On site. Uh, I think it's all like. Like either like when playing basketball or anything like that, I would say my blank stare is probably that's why I draw the most from it. It's probably the most intimidating, at least in my opinion. And I'm a bigger guy, and I have the voice and everything like that. And then I'm I, I do have I think a more introverted tendency where, especially if I don't know you that well, I'm not going to be the one that approaches you. You're going to have to come to me. Or yeah, I've seen or, you. Get- I've seen you get get flustered and frustrated when you uh, when oh, yeah. you're thrown in down in the paint. Yeah, because I mean, because I got I got bullied some well, not bullies and like just I that got done to me when I was younger playing basketball and so I just took on and basically learned from it and then applied it in my own like playing style and so that's the sort of thing like because I'm so introverted I'm not the one that's going to be come out just be like hey how's it going everybody how's it going my name's Matt blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I like I I think that can contribute to it. but the second yeah you do get to know me it's it's gone I think. That's probably why I'm part of like the opposite reason is why I'm not at all intimidating among like my friends is because 
like I just don't let negative emotions get to me very often. So y'all don't like ever see me getting like actually angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you I see think me I'm probably, fake mad. I'm, you, I'm I, the one that definitely does it the most. You've seen me fake mad, but I don't know if any of y'all, I don't know if like anyone ever sees me get like legitimately angry. That's fair. I mean, even that time at, during the, the Duke game in Brooklyn, I was over it like five, like 10 mm-hmm. seconds later, I was over it. Um, part, of, part of that is because we won. So I, we won. I, didn't care yeah, that I think that did make it a, a lot better that we did win. We should do this more often. We should do this more often. <laughs> this is fun. Let's just not talk about sports. If only, if only we had a, pl- a platform to just to talk about this. Huh? You just talk about whatever you want. Transition. Hey, Colby. <laughs> yes. Do you have any more of these like fun activities we could do? I feel like it would be fun to just ignore sports because sports <laughs> are bad life is pain. Um, I have some. I, I have some from – are you asking me because I did this with Sai? Yes, because you're an RA. You were an RA. You have these materials. I have some. I don't have a bunch. I was actually, lol. By the way, Aaron, my new boss is from Cleveland. Oh, really? Where? She said, like inner city Cleveland, whatever that means. Uh, that means she, like not where I'm from. Yeah, you're from. You're from the suburbs, right? Yeah. Yeah, she says she is from. That I can't. People down here say I can't say that I'm from Cleveland. Which is, is it false. like David saying he's from Charlotte? Is that like the um, the, the analog? I would say it's like someone from Cary saying they're from Raleigh. Interesting. Either way, but I think that it uh, it feels like it's different here. Like I think in Cleveland, like there is a much more area identity. I don't think people identify with a big city as much here. Like people that are from Cary don't really identify from Raleigh from what I've seen. And like, unless you're from Raleigh or Durham, you don't like identify with those cities. Um, Whereas in Cleveland, like if you're from within an hour radius of Cleveland, most people identify with being from Cleveland. Oh, someone that's an hour away from Charlotte said that they were Charlotte all of the Charlotte people would jump on them <laughs> with no mercy. Agreed. Like, at least, like, for me, like, I'm 20 minutes outside. Of, like, I live next to UNC Charlotte. Like, I, I feel like I'm at, least, I've, I'm at least close enough to claim it. If someone lived in, like, I don't know. Like, um, I don't even Morrisville. Know, like, sure. Like, if someone was from Morrisville and they were like, yeah, I'm from Charlotte, you'd be like, come on. You're, like, an hour and 15 minutes out from Charlotte. <laughs> I mean, I have some. I brought up my boss because we were talking about this at work every day. And I was like, yeah, I have some. And we started talking about Myers-Briggs and that type of stuff, which people have a lot of opinions about Myers-Briggs. So many opinions about Myers-Briggs where I have now elected not to have an opinion about Myers-Briggs anymore. Do y'all know y'all's types, though? I do. Yes. Uh, I can pull it up and now. I have Ooh, on hand. I think mine has a. I think some like negative connotations, but it definitely has some good. Like, look at these people who are also that. I know mine is INTP. I am ENFP dash A. Oh, that's what I am. Hey, <laughs> the campaigner. Campaigner. Yeah. Mine says uh, we are Michael e- Scott. <laughs> oh god. That's what she Mine has always been like an ESTJ. Interesting. The executive. Ooh. Fancy. I am the logician. INTP. But my people are like Bill Gates, Albert Einstein, you know, Isaac Newton, all the good people, Rene Descartes. <laughs> Various from Game of Thrones. The eunuch. Darth Vader is an ESTJ. Oh, man. All right. I think it's been enough time. We need to, we need to address um, the elephant in the room. I don't or, the sem- or, or the Seminole in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carolina is no longer the number five team in the nation. I think we're number 14, if I counted right. 14. Yep. We 
Um, guess what year it is. We're the number five team in the country, and Mac Brown's the coach, and we lose a primetime game to Florida State. <laughs> Our first loss of the year. First loss of the year. In a primetime nighttime game. Yeah, it was um, – I won't say eerily similar to 1997 because that game was um, not Much, close. Yeah. <laughs> this game was closer. It was close. It ended up being close, but it was thirty-one to twenty-eight. Man, came down came down to the wire. We did Shouldn't not have bright spots. We did not allow a score in the second half. That's cool. Um, I mean, moral victories, moral victories. <laughs> Other side of that coin, we allowed thirty-one in the first half. I was thinking, some people said, oh, this feels like South Carolina from last year. I said it felt like Wake Forest. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Well, I mean, from what I watched, I turned it off when we were down, like, 17 nothing. I watched the whole thing. We were, I was having a, a socially distanced hangout um, at my place with Paul. And it was... I, it's the same thing. Got down way too big early. Tried to claw your way back. Actually did play well in the second half. And it just it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough in the first half. wasn't enough to spark to come back in the second half. David, you were frustrated all game. <laughs> I was frustrated all game, but I also stopped watching at halftime. So, because, so I stopped watching at halftime because I wanted to decompress. And then I saw that the comeback was starting to happen. And I continued to not watch. So I didn't watch the whole second half of the game. So that's why I asked you all how uh, – I think I sent a, a, a group me message about how bad the drops were at the end of the game. And you were like, pretty egregious. And then I ended up going back and watching it. I was like, yeah, that would be, I would have been even more pissed if I saw that. So, Yeah, it was um, – I mean, I'm, I did the thing where I was like, David, you're overreacting <laughs> early in the game. Everybody <laughs> For overreacting, but like ninety percent of the time, I'm usually right. Ninety, ninety like, percent of the time. Seventy percent of the time. It's like Hannibal Buress. Why are y'all booing me? I'm right. Uh, why are you booing me? I'm right. Like even if, like in basketball, like that the game of basketball changes so quickly that my reactionary nature usually bites me in the ass. With football, though, I'm usually right. <laughs> Basketball, I'm usually like it's it's a coin flip. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, the Lakers are in trouble, and then they're going like a thirty to zero run, and I'm like, never mind. <laughs> I mean, I think what in my response to David in the group me because we believe it or not, we don't only talk to to each other on Twitter. And in the, in the group me, I was like, they are the Florida State's very up right now. They will settle down. We just need to weather the storm until that happens. Turns out that didn't happen until like the 10-minute mark in the third quarter. <laughs> and if we could have gotten something going before then, I think this game would have gotten – this game would have gone different. But So <laughs> why, why did Sam Howell only throw like six times in the first half? I don't understand. I thought he was injured because I thought they were like protecting him for something. But it reminded me of last the first game last year. If you remember, y'all remember even the Miami game. Yeah, like but like even then, it's like I remember we were like, why aren't we letting Sam throw? Yeah, and it's just like, why are we holding? Like he can do it, and if he turns the ball over, he turns it over. Like fine, at least you're going for it. And like I understand establishing the run, and our running backs had a great game, per usual. Mm-hmm. But it didn't translate to a win, you know or what I'm saying? Points. Like, like or points. It like we we had like you could firmly say that we established the run. Congrats! It resulted in a goose egg <laughs> in the first half. So, I mean, I think the first finger obviously is pointed toward Longo and like the offensive coordinator. We're not going to talk about special teams, but like, I think one thing too. I'm not sure. I mean, I think some of it might be just be on Sam himself. We have to think again the whole storyline that this is the place where he was committed to, and apparently the student section was definitely letting him know that, almost like Grayson Allen style, letting him know that they didn't 
they don't they did not support his choice to decommit from Florida State and go to Carolina. So I think whether he had missed or not, I, I think that's definitely something on the back of his mind. And I think in the first half, there was a I mean, and that's been our season as a whole, it's been a lot of RPO offense. A lot whether, of RPO. Whether Longo's directing him to go run or Sam is just reading the defense and like, oh, I'm going to hand this off. I don't know which one it is. I feel like, I mean, you saw me tweeting multiple pictures of Sam Cook on yeah. Saturday. If <laughs> you follow me on Twitter. And they let Sam Cook in the, in the second half more. And it worked. That's the whole point of the balance of it. It can't go too extremely all pass or all rushing. Like, but, but, like, I don't, I don't have the stats pulled up, but he had a, over 300 yards, what, three or four touchdowns? I think it was three touchdowns and 374 yards. Right. So he almost had 400 yards passing, three passing touchdowns, and that's with a half of not letting him throw. You yeah. know, you see what the problem is? <laughs> Like, it feels like the Michael Jordan thing. Like, I'm not – no way am I comparing Sam Howell, to Michael, Sam Howell to Michael Jordan. But there was that old adage of, like, the only person that could hold Michael back was Dean Smith mm-hmm. when he was in college. It's starting to, like, it's starting to feel like the coaches – and I'm, I, I, I hesitate to, to criticize Mac Brown because of what he's been doing with the program. He's exceeded my expectations. I know he's exceeded Colby's expectations. So, but it's like – what Call me out. Are, <laughs> I don't think that makes him immune from criticism, though. Like, we can be grateful for what he's done and recognize how good of a coach he's been and also criticize him for mistakes he makes. B- Bateman's defense has given up, what, 65, 70 points in the last six, seven quarters of football? And, and our, our special teams looks atrocious. It's hard to win when you have missed field goals and you have blocked punt. Blocked punt. I think that's what started that's what started. That first drive, you get the, the punt blocked. And so that kind of gets them kind of going and whatnot. And they're at, in Tallahassee, and they get something like that. Their team that – there's a whole bunch of talent. I mean, the team has – and this is definitely not a thing where I don't think it was uh, an overestimate or an underestimation of them. They have been saying all week that they, this is a very talented team that's, that their record does not reflect their talent. And they've said, by far, this is the biggest team they were playing – and this is definitely the team with the most talent. I mean, these are still four- and five-star players. They're just in a regime change. There are three coaches in three years, basically. And so it's very tough to get the rhythm going when you have that kind of a turnover. And so it just turned out this was the game where it was kind of like their get-right game, and it just happened to be against us. On prime time. If there's anything I can rationalize out of this, I can rationalize losing to Florida State, which is the name-brand team that – has that talent because we know they have talent. It just haven't been performing the standard. I'd rather lose that team than the team next week. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. Florida State did not play poorly last week against Notre Dame. They showed signs of life against Notre Dame, and that's why I was a little worried coming into this game. And it ended up being like their ultimate get-right game, but – I, I don't think that it started with this game. I think it started with Notre Dame, and they were just, they were feeling confident coming into the game, and they played like it in the first half. They really didn't in the second. My thing with the all the play calling in this game, I am a very – I like analytics. I, I like seeing the numbers and, like, expected points added and all that fun stuff. And the reason that the analytics people get mad at established to one or established to one is what I'm doing. It's what I'm saying. Establishing to run. Marriage. Marriage is the reason. The reason people get the analytics people get mad at that is because it one, it doesn't prove to open up anything later in the game. And also when you're running the ball and it's not working early in the game, you're putting yourself in situations where you are having third downs. The best way to avoid punting and avoid kicking field goals is avoiding fourth down. You avoid fourth down by avoiding third down. If you convert second and short, then you are going to avoid third downs and fourth downs. 
if you always run the ball on first and second down, you're going to find yourselves in more third downs. And that's where I'm like, if, if we have Sam Howell, use Sam Howell to get those easy yards on first down because they're going to be easy for him. Once we saw that we weren't picking up five, six, seven yards on first or second down, that's when we should have made the switch. We should have adjusted earlier. We adjusted later in the game. It was too late. So that's where I am with offensive play calling. On the defensive side of the ball, at the end of the game, we started rushing three and four and dropping seven and eight. And it worked because their quarterback is very dynamic in running the ball. What was happening is we were blitzing. He was finding a crease in the pocket and getting out and just scrambling for yards and yards and yards. We were sitting there in good coverage because we have good DBs. We have good linebackers making him like diagnose a defense. He was overthrowing people. He was missing targets. It wasn't as good. And we didn't do that until the fourth quarter. Our coaching, staff, our coaching staff is good at making adjustments. I feel like with this game, with last year, the Wake Forest game, the Virginia Tech game, the adjustments don't come fast enough sometimes. I feel like this is harsh, but I tweeted this out where I said it almost feels like a lot of the problems that Fedora had weren't aren't just Fedora problems. Now, I'm not saying Fedora – like we're in a better spot right now. Obviously, yeah. a much better spot, much, much better spot. But a lot of the issues that we're having are very fedora like, if that makes any sense. And it's fundamental things. It's tackling and it's catching. Which are, I, I, I don't, if you don't know how crucial that is to the game of football, then I, I, I don't know if there's much hope for you. It's, it's that and it's penalties, shooting ourselves in the foot on first and, or second down and long getting false start penalties, offsides penalties. Um, it, it's just – there are things that are like mental mistakes. This team – and I saw the take on Twitter. It's like this team isn't ready for prime time. They are ready for prime time. They were – like I still think – like we probably weren't a top five team in the nation. But there's a, people are saying like most overrated team, whatever. Like we didn't deserve to be in the top five, whatever. That's your opinion. That's where we were and that's how we played. But – this team has the talent, it has the staff, it has the coach. It's just, it's not all clicking at the same time. Those teams that are successful year in and year out have consistency. They have something to hang their hat on. You know Alabama's going to have a good defense. You know there are certain teams that have good offense. Like there's some things that you're just not going to get beaten on. There's a phase of the game that you're not going to get beaten on. With UNC, I feel like everything is a coin flip. And you can't win that way. Like, when the defense – like, it's a coin flip whether the defense is going to make a stop, whether the offense is going to stall out, whether we're going to get a 50-yard bomb, or we're going to go three and out. Like, it's, it's – there's no sense of consistency whatsoever, it feels like. So but maybe fixed. I don't know. I was about to transition now, but I want to I talk about the Mac Brown thing for a second because I don't know if y'all saw, but people have been coming, at least before this game, coming after Lauren Brownlow and Joe Ovius of 999 the fan WRL Sports um, for <laughs> saying that the Mac Brown hire was a mistake. I was one of the people that said the Mac Brown hire was a mistake. And I want to clarify some of the things I was right about and things I was wrong about at this Com- point. Wait, coming week. at them this week about last week. Mac- last week, okay. After we went 3-0. What I was wrong about, I did not think we would be this good this fast. I didn't. I was wrong about that. I did not think that he would be this good of a recruiter. His staff would be this good at recruiting because he did not care about recruiting his last few years at Texas. I had no reason to believe he would care about recruiting when he came back. I was wrong about that. I was also wrong about Scott Satterfield, I think, (laughs) being the answer at coach because that's who I really wanted, and Louisville is struggling this year. I, I accept being wrong about that. But then we get games like yesterday. And I don't know. It's the thing with Mac Brown. My thing was always what happens when he's gone. And I do not want Phil Longo taking care of this team afterwards at all. (laughs) Jay Bateman. Yeah, Jay Bateman, I feel 
a little better about. But then, like, last game, I'm like, what are you doing? Why do you keep blitzing this dude who is gashing us every time we blitz? Um, so that's where my – I'm still – Dre Bly for head coach. Wait and see. I don't think that's a bad idea. I uh, honestly don't think that's a bad idea. He's not ready to be a head coach, I don't think. He'd be a fantastic DC, but I don't think that – I would not trust him to be a head coach. At least not yet. What about Jay Bateman, a head coach, and Dre Bly, a defense coordinator? I don't know. I think, and this may get a response from y'all, I think we should keep Mac Brown as the CEO head coach until the day he dies. And then if Dre Bly is not ready to take over, we weaken at Bernie's Mac Brown <laughs> until Dre Bly is ready. I mean, I, I think the CEO is the correct approach. I feel like the best coaches right now are doing that. So, uh, Well, and I think especially when you have a coach that's at the stage of his career that Mac Brown is at, the CEO coach is perfect because that lets the, your next coach develop. Okay, so this may be where my ignorance comes in about football. I, I feel like I'm a lot more knowledgeable on basketball than I am at football. Uh, and as far as like X's and O's and like how like the inter like the inner parts of the game are. Like when you get to a point where like you see Phil Longo like calling the kinds of plays that he's calling. And it's not working. And, you know, the, the chair, the, like the couch coaches can even call that kind of stuff out. Like, at what point does the head coach start? Like, I get frustrated with Phil Longo. But there's always in the back of my brain, when I call out Phil Longo, I'm like, why isn't Mac Brown doing this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why? Like, he should be the one seeing this. Like, something should change. Why is nothing changing? Like, do you, like. I understand having trust in your coaches and your coaching staff, but at what point does the head coach have to step in and be like, this has, like, this has to change? I, I hear you. I, I, I think that the, the thing is when you take the play sheet from Phil Longo, which is something that I tweeted in the range last night, take the play sheet away from Phil Longo. Um, who calls plays next um, after him? And I'm, I'm not necessarily sure that's Mac Brown. It, it might be the QB coach or the online coach. Um, but, but I'm not sure if that's Mac Brown. In that case, I, I don't know what else he do. I was mad at Phil Longo, so that's why I said that last night. But I'm always mad at Phil Longo because he's calling stupid plays. I hate goal line fades. I why hate goal line, line fades with a passion. They need to go away forever. God. I don't hate them with a passion. I just think that you have to have the right personnel and it has to be the right situation. Like you have to have an elite vertical target yeah. for Why it to be worth They're just low percentage and you're on the goal line and you have two left. of the best running backs in the country. They should be able to punch it in. If they can't punch it in, we have bigger problems. There, there, there's prob- there, there are things that are the players on the field's fault and that happens. That's the name of the game. That that's football. Stuff happens. But like when you start calling, like when you're when you're under one minute, and you call a running play on for, on first or second down, I can't remember which one it was. Like, what is your mentality there? <laughs> like, like are you trying to not be predictable? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know. I just don't understand. And and I don't even want to talk about. If if we still have our special teams coach next year, I might explode. This is first year. Like we hired him to fix special teams. Oh no, I'm not gonna yell. And so one thing that's something I want to brought up because I think it is a very difficult question, uh, given the fact that I mean because we can talk about like Longo first, but for something like that, given the fact that I would again, Mac Brown has more years behind him than ahead of him in terms of coaching, and I'm sure they're wanting to get this thing up and at least in close to a contention as quickly as possible before he ultimately does retire. And so I'm curious as what y'all think of potentially like how patient he is at this stage where if, if somehow we just things just sputter out this year and there's not a major improvement of would would he literally just keep cycling in special teams coordinators because it's not, I would say, a a significant position in terms of bringing someone in, but it can have very significant effects on the football field. But for someone like a Jay Bateman or or even the smaller position coaches, if there are major holes or major issues to be addressed, how 
likely it would be that he would start cycling people in and out. I think it's easier to bring in a special teams coordinator than it is a offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. Oftentimes, like linebackers coaches are doing double duty as linebacker coach and special teams coordinator. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing if they know what they're doing on special teams. But I, I do – I understand the patience with Bateman and even with Phil Longo because, like I said, I think last week, I have not had any issues with Phil Longo's play calling until this game. So mm-hmm. maybe it's a lemon booty thing where he, he's just thinking too much when we get into these sorts of games. Like whenever the sun sets and he knows he has a football game, it's like, ooh, he sees the moon and he gets freaked out. <laughs> it's the Andy yeah. Dalton effect. <laughs> So, I don't know. And I think there are definitely some personal things. Like, I think – I mean, Bo definitely got his catches towards the second half. Uh, I mean, Diami was being covered by Asante Samuel Jr., who's one of the best corners in the league. And then you, you have the Daz again, who, who Daz disappeared again. And I don't know if it's – he's just being very covered well. If he is not getting open or Sam's just not looking his way. But um, I think – it's limiting those kind of weapons too. And so I think they're can get to the personal side of it. I don't, I think that the players are at the bottom of the totem pole as in terms of blame, but they, there still has to be some things. We dropped three passes in that final drive, three passes that were two, I would consider to be uncontested catches. Bo had the first one where he did shove off a little bit. And then the guy tugged on his shirt and he meant, but he put, he had both hands on the ball. He could have caught that. Daz on the third down play, he the guy had his hands on his hips, but not, nowhere near the ball. It was all all in his hands. Had both hands on the ball, dropped it, and then the crucial fourth down play where um, Sam rolled out of the pocket and hit Javante Williams, and it just bounced right off his chest. Um, he was on the ground, but again, hit him right in the chest. Two hands on the ball, it pops out, and I, I guess that is a coaching thing. But at the same time, I'm not sure. At some point, it also has come. You have to execute. So again, the heels lose twenty-eight to thirty-one to Florida State, drop to number fourteen in the polls. Next week, rivalry game. Chuck those records out the window. Rivalry game in air quotes. Oh my goodness! This is a rivalry game. Stop. Um, we have North Carolina State. At home against the Tar Heels. Right now, Carolina is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. It's going to be a noon game on ESPN. Take the under. They're ranked now, too. <sighs> that, Ian, is what I think. The the over-under is 64-and-a-half, by the way. Yeah. Give me the under. No, I think the big storyline now, uh, Devin Larry, their quarterback, uh, fractured his fibula. Yep, I want to say is out six to eight weeks, so he didn't have a place. So it'll be Bailey Hoffman under center. Finally, it's a rather on the lower end of mobile quarterbacks. Should not have to worry about him as much as we did uh, for Travis and also for um, Virginia Tech's of Hinton Hooker and things like that and Burmeister. So it should be a little bit easier there. So it should definitely force them to pass. I watch an unfortunate amount of NC State football. I, I don't know why I do it to myself, but I've, I've watched a lot. And Devin Leary has made the jump from last year to this year. So it's really unfortunate for them that they did not have him available for this game because I think he would give us a bunch of problems. I don't want to jinx us by saying this, but I do not think Bailey Hockman will give us a bunch of problems next week. And, and, and I think because Bailey Hawk or not Bailey Hawkman, Devin Leary did not start this season because of um, COVID nineteen. I think had he started the season, NC State might be undefeated at this point. I think they or I don't know because Virginia Tech played very very well in their first game, but they might have been ranked earlier than they are because they really just crapped a bet against Virginia Tech that first game. Mm-hmm. I really just want to win this game by a bunch. I just yeah, want to yeah. come out and smack them and keep it. Pushing. I hope that's always what I want, especially being against state. I just want us to come give a, a performance like Clemson did to Georgia tech winning like 73 to seven or 72 to seven. 
I want something like that. But I know this team's not at that point where they can do something like that, so I know it's going to be probably within two scores. Can we talk about that game real quick? The Clemson game? We can, and that and it's it's a pretty short conversation. It's clear that that's why Clemson's at least an echelon above everything else because we could never put something like that up on a Power 5 team right now. Their punter had a 67% completion percentage for that game. <laughs> Dabo sent the punter out to play quarter. I In my head cannon, the punter walked up to Dabo and said, hey, coach, can I play quarterback this series? <laughs> and Dabo just let him go out there. All but one player got in the game. I want to say I want to say seven. Did, did I see a stat where seventeen receivers caught a pass? Yep. And only one school has had one other school has had seventeen people catch a pass this All season. Season, which is Pitt with eighteen. Clemson's so much better than anyone else playing football right now. They're better than Alabama. I think they're better than Alabama right now because Alabama beat Georgia their last game. I think Georgia's defense is real. They're the only team playing defense this year. <laughs> and Alabama hung 40-some on them. But I still think that Clemson is leagues above Alabama at this point in the season. Until the Bucks play next week. <laughs> I was talking to Paul yesterday, and I was like, I really just hope Nebraska ruins – Ohio State season next week. It would just make me so happy. But, Aaron, have you been hearing anything about the Buckeyes? Uh, They play Nebraska. They're going to kick the crap out of them. Justin Fields, number two overall pick. I I do think Justin Fields is really good. Yeah, he's good at football. But we will see. I'm now just scrolling through – the games from this week. Coastal Carolina, ranked. Welcome to the top 25, Coastal. Go Chance. Go or Chance. Ch- Chance, excuse me. Um, Miami beat Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh covered. I tried to tell y'all to take Pittsburgh plus 13 and a half. I hope I won some of y'all some money this week. South Carolina beat Alabama, number 15 team in the country. That is exactly the type of game that Auburn loses and South Carolina wins, and I love it. I kind of wanted to play Auburn now. I know, right? <laughs> uh, Bo Nix is not as good as I thought he was, and I think everyone has an inflated sense of who Bo Nix is because everyone saw that last drive against Oregon last year. <laughs> and people were just like, oh, Bo Nix, yeah, really good quarterback. I don't think he's actually that good. Tennessee threw three interceptions in a row with two different quarterbacks, so that's fun. Um, Number 18 goes down there. Syracuse is bad. <laughs> they lost by three scores against Liberty and now have Clemson next week. 37 and a half point underdogs right now. Uh, it's moved um, since, since that line came out. It is now 44 and a half for Clemson, and I'd still take Clemson. Let's see. Did anything else? Boston College is turning out to be a, a good win. Yeah, it is. Boston College was good. They look really good. Notre Dame, welcome to the Coastal. 12 to 7 win over Louisville. <laughs> Let's see. Anything else interesting happen? Virginia Tech won, and um, a bunch of games caught postponed, including Florida's game. After they said they're going to let ninety thousand people into the swamp, and then the entire team caught COVID nineteen, including Dan Mullen, who said he wanted to let ninety thousand people into that stadium. I feel like COVID nineteen is how I hear legally i hear edibles work where you have to talk crap about it for it to kick in as soon as you talk crap about COVID 19 that is exactly when your team gets hit and it has to sit out no. do y'all want to talk about something more fun than college football <laughs> there's nothing more fun than college football there's Kobe no, there's, no there, there's no fun in sports i have no desire to talk about the nfl mike leach oh yeah mississippi the state's NFL. bad <laughs> the nfl got canceled this week we don't need uh, to talk about it Incorrect. Baker Mayfield got benched this week is what happened. 
the NFL got canceled this week. I have a whole <laughs> That's notification all on my that. phone. That's all I have to say about that. We can move on. <laughs> You're so generous. One of our teams um, won today, so that's exciting. 5-0. Barely, though. It almost yeah. was the second team to disappoint me in the 24-hour period, but Titans pulled it out in an overtime victory over the Texans. Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry again. He had like 267 all-purpose yards. He had the game-winning touchdown. He had a 94-yard touchdown today. I mean, he's just an absolute beast. Derrick Henry is like might go onto my list of like current playing Hall of Famers, like active players who are Hall of Famers because I don't think there are that many. I think. Actually, like I said, this could very well go sideways. I think Derrick Henry is the Kawhi Leonard of football. I can see it. He's he's like not a very like outspoken person, but like he's but it's like he's a he's a little like Terminator like robot, just absolutely destroys you and wears you down. Can we talk about who, what active players are Hall of Famers? I think this might be a fun game. Ooh. Because uh, yeah, I think right now Derrick Henry's well on his way. Let me. Uh, we'll have Tom Brady. I think that's easy. Let's get the quarterbacks out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, get the quarterbacks Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. It's close. I think Big Ben probably is one. It's close. I think he is one. Drew Brees. Drew Brees definitely, definitely yeah, more Brees. more than Ben Roethlisberger. I say Drew Brees. Big yeah. Ben. Oh, definitely. Maybe. Definitely. Yeah. He's on the line for me. I'm super biased, but I think by the end of his career, Cam Newton. I'm a, I'm a wait and see. I, you know, I also love Cam. I'm wait and see on Cam. Mm-hmm. For his proficiency on offense, for not just his passing, but also his rushing. The fact just, that he's broken many, many, many quarterback rushing records. Yeah. There's just so many people there, so many different skill positions. There's people like that play like defensive end that I don't even know their name, that I'm pretty sure probably are. Like your Paul, Jet Pippi, <laughs> um, JJ Watt for playing for playing with one hand. Yeah, JJ Watt. I'll, I'll say Hall. JJ Watt. Is I'm mostly joking with JPP, but um, uh, Aaron Donald, Hall of Famer. Yeah, Aaron Donald. Yes. Um, um Adrian Peterson. Yes. Yeah, AP definitely. Larry Fitz. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Larry. He's a he's a bit of a compiler, but he he's been good for so long. I'll say, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a question now. Frank Gore. You have to. You have to. What he, for people that are, people probably, <laughs> there's some people that listen to this podcast that probably don't even know who who Frank Gore is. But the fact that he's so high on that rushing list, like you have to. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a compiler. Okay. I mean. I feel like Pat's already a, a Hall of Famer at 24, and that's outrageous. I, we, I, I, I do. If he said, "Okay, Colby, like a thousand dollars, will Patrick Mahomes be a Hall of Famer?" I say yes. It's but just he's also 24 years old. He's yeah. our age, so that's yeah. that's why I haven't said Patrick Mahomes. What a, he, he's he just signed a half a billion dollar contract. Look what we're doing. We're doing yeah. Some, Oh man, we're doing good though. We have friendship. That's what we have. <laughs> and we have, we have our health. Each other. <laughs> wait, wait, checks the notes for 2020. Never mind. Is there anyone else? I, I, I'm struggling to think of it. I think that might be it. I do think that Derek Henry's really good though. He's yeah. really, really good. I would say probably at the end of it, it, should he remain healthy and everything? I mean, I think Gronk. I feel like because Gronk's probably the best tight end maybe of all time. And I think if he stays healthy, Travis Kelsey. I don't know about of all time. I, d- yes, Travis Kelsey. Yes, Gronk. I don't know about the best tight end of all time, but I do think he gets into the hall. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's plenty of like offensive linemen that we don't even we're not even considering, just so yeah. they don't know all their names or, or anything like that. If Joe Thomas was still playing, yes. Yeah. Shout out to to Aaron over there. <laughs> if Thank he was you. still if he was still playing, he, he would be on the list. But he'll he'll be in the hall in a couple of years. I think he should be first ballot. Yeah, he will be. 
but I think that's the list. I think that's it. I don't. I can't think of anyone else who would be. Get Matt Ryan out of here. People keep trying to put Matt Ryan in the Hall of Fame. No. I don't want to talk about the Panthers. I mean, they lost. I don't know what to do with this season. They're going to end up in the middle of the pack, so. But they're in, they're going, they're heading into Hornets territory. Sports purgatory. Yeah, yeah. I wrote about it on popculturesub.com. Charlotte's cursed. Um, Not bad enough to be in the top of the draft, but not good enough to be competitive. Yep. The mediocrity treadmill. Yeah. Speaking of cursed teams, the Braves are pay- playing as we are speaking. I am not watching um, this game. But um, game seven. Uh, Aaron, how do you feel about the Astros losing? I'm happy that they lost. I feel like most people are of the variety that uh, that they're happy that uh, the Astros are not back. Yeah, the Astros can burn in a fire explosion for all I care. I'd, I I really wanted to ask you it was to win the World Series. You and Bomani, I swear. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, let's call it. Let's call it. This podcast is over. It would have been so funny. So was, funny if the Astros won the World Series. Oh, I love Bomani Jones, but there there was like about four or five days where he had some stank takes. And I was like, oh, money, come on now. Like, really? And he's like, you're an herb. If you, I'm like, bro, come on. <laughs> speaking, speaking of his takes, did you see that he really wants Sam Pittman as Texas's coach now? He does. <laughs> I know. I didn't see that. I feel like he's just asking for disaster if he was. Not anything is Sam Pittman. He might be a great coach. He's one of those, like, O-line coaches that become head coaches, and that works out for some reason. I don't get that. But um, I feel like Arkansas can't have anything good. So besides <laughs> that one year of basketball in 1994. But anyway, anything Let's else? call this thing. Yeah, I say anything else we want to talk about? No, We've Aaron been recording for do. so long today. We had a break. Oh, yeah. We did. Yeah, we did for like we were two and a half hours. And then we did this for like an hour and a half. I'm happy, but, but like, then it's like four hours. We only did like an hour session for D&D. Oh, what? Aaron, no, I'm like an hour and a half. Raising your my intimidation to score for you by one. Because uh, <laughs> I'm complaining. Okay. Roll Go for off. intimidation. Go on. That, that is the anger. The the anger that we've been waiting for from me. I'm not angry. I'm <laughs> complaining. There's a big difference. We can get out of here. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of Never Made Varsity. We will catch y'all next week. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.